Welcome to episode 109 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. And how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. I, uh, I feel like a tornado took over my head. Nice. And my thoughts are just spinning this week. Yeah. But we kind of talked about that a little bit off, off microphone. I guess you could say off camera. We are recording video, but off microphone. We're talking about that a little bit. I feel like that's just a, a phase you know you go through these phases where you feel like you're killing it and then you go through phases where it just feels like everything's spinning and you can't grab onto any one thing you're just trying to manage the whirlwind but uh how are you doing i'm doing pretty good i'm actually um so i got a few days off <clears throat> last week it was i left left wednesday morning and drove out to New Jersey, New Jersey stand. Um, actually, to shoot guns. I went out there to. Uh, yeah. How many felonies did you? Don't answer this question. Just wink at me. None, as many actually. Times as it takes. Oh, I was. Come on. I was a good boy. Well, so me and some guys stayed in an Airbnb in Delaware, where I'm legal. So things stayed in Delaware that were illegal in New Jersey. But anyway. Um, Went out there to shoot. Uh, if, if people don't know, I'm a I'm an avid sporting clays shooter. Um, uh, nerd, uh, avid nerd, avid sporting clays nerd. I've been shooting competition. I, uh, I've been shooting competitively since like 2018, and uh, and the Northeast Regionals were at M and M in New Jersey. So we, uh, just me and some guys at the club that I I belong to, went out. Went out there to shoot the regionals. First time shooting, shooting regionals, and uh, like the like the highest level I, the, the high, yeah, about the highest level I competed up to this point is like the state shoot, which is still no joke. But uh, this kicked my butt. Yeah, like I'm normally, I'm normally like in the like out of a hundred clays, I'm normally shooting in the eighties. At a state shoot, I might shoot in the seventies. My first day there, I shot in the fifties. Just got destroyed, and and part of it was just my focus, but a lot of it was just the difficulty of the target setting and stuff. So, so anyway, I'm not going to get too deep in the weeds on sporting clays on the podcast here. But the nice thing was, I really got to unplug for like five days, and I and I was kind of forced to because. I had very poor reception out there and um and I was competing so I just needed to kind of keep my head in the competition and stuff so the the flip side of that is when I got back into the office Monday I could not get my head back into the game it's taken me a couple of days to like get get my head back into what I need to do here um, the projects I've going on, the the people I need to lead, and just, just all that stuff has taken me it's taken me a few days to, to to get back into it, which honestly isn't fun. I I, I kind of I see me and some of the guys were talking about this the other day. Like I don't guess we were talking about like am I a workaholic and. I guess it kind of de- depends on how you want to define that. Um, I feel like as a 
as an owner of a small business, I, I mean, especially one that's that's mostly driven by online sales and stuff. Like you got to just be connected. It's, it's at some point, almost all the time, especially. You know, like, I don't do a whole lot during the day online, but in the evening when everybody else is online, I try to try to frequent when I can, when it's not, you know, it, it's a balance. You know, I'm sure you know this too. Just like when you get home in the evening, you want to spend time with the family, but it's also kind of prime time uh, to connect with customers and stuff too. So I'm just kind of always connected and, and my head's always in the game. I'm always thinking about, about what's going on here at the shop and stuff. And when you leave for five days and you're forced to unplug, it's great in a lot of ways, but in other ways it's, it makes, it's difficult when you come back to, to get to shift back into full connected mode. So. Yeah, I would say I'm pretty much a workaholic, but it's not, see, I don't know. I, I guess when I look at the, the workaholic definition, I kind of think of people that are just like miserably grinding through something. I don't know. I don't know why that's kind of instilled in my brain. I do definitely turn off my brain from business, but that is very difficult. I understand the the struggle being away. Like sometimes it's easy to unplug from the business and that's hard to plug back in or vice versa. But what I found is I go through about a 3-week cycle where I'm working like freaking crazy. I'm just working late, doing stuff at home in the evenings, just grinding through it. My weekends, I normally have for personal time. Sometimes that's like content creation stuff for the Jeep page and other future things that I'm planning. Sometimes that's just hanging out with the family, doing our garden stuff, you know, planting corn, whatever, whatever we're doing at the time. But I go through these kind of ebbs and flows where I'll give like three weeks of working late and then it's like two to three weeks of me, you know, punching out, like I don't punch out, but you know, quote unquote, punching out at four o'clock and going home. And I don't intentionally do this, but this is something that my wife points out to me and she'll give me hints like on week two of me going nuts and grinding through, she'll start, I don't know, texting me, Hey, when are you going to be home tonight? You know, and just like stuff like that. Because it puts pressure on the family when you're working a ton and you're putting in a lot of hours and stuff like that. So I think that I probably would be defined as the workaholic, but I think that there's no other way. Uh, like, what's the alternative? That's, that's my question I always ask myself. Is like, what's the alternative? Things take five extra weeks, and in the meantime, I'm tying up my time for an extra five weeks. It's not like we have a team that, you know, all executive decisions, functions, meetings, things like that can just be outsourced. You know, it's very difficult to try to balance that out. Yeah. So I, I searched workaholic and here's the definition. Then there's some, there's some characteristics of a workaholic. A person who com- compulsively works hard and long hours. Um, and then traits of a work- workaholic. You work more than 40 hours a week? Oh, for sure. Uh, easy, easy. Like, So I'm here at the shop for about 10 hours a day. 
but then at home in the, like after we, so I spend time with the kids, do dinner, play as a family outside, do all that stuff. Once they're in bed around eight o'clock, that's when, if I have some stuff to edit website stuff, whatever. So like last night was eight o'clock to about one or one thirty, maybe two just working on stuff. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many hours that is. So <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> I'm here. Most days I roll in at like seven thirty. Lately, I've been coming in eight eight thirty because I've been. It's the kids' last week of school, and they like when I'm there in the morning when they get on the bus. So I've been I've been coming in a little bit later. Um, and I normally pretty. I'm clocking anywhere between four thirty and five thirty most days. So, like I work pretty normal days here at the shop. But then, like I said, I'm pretty much always connected in the evening. Um, you know, checking social media stuff. Yeah, so there's definitely more than 40 hours a week. Next thing is, you don't care about work-life balance. I don't think that's true. I definitely care about work-life balance. Um, yeah, me too. I, I, I think I just prioritize. It's an ebb and flow where there's certain weeks where, as an owner, you're sacrificing some family time for building the business. Right. And that sounds really bad, but... Kind of is what it is. Kind of is what it is. If you have a a good family structure, um, supportive spouse, you know, they'll understand that. And they'll see the big picture of what you're trying to do. Yep. Next thing is you measure your success with your salary. No. So. That I do not do. I do not do that with salary. But. I. I've noticed. I definitely. Um, I definitely put a lot of weight on what our kind of daily sales are. Like I watch and some days are worse than others um, of, you know, how often I check chip station and see what our, what our sales are and stuff. And if we go through like one low day or something, doesn't bother me too much. If I see two, three, four, something like that, if I see a streak of low days, then I start, getting more concerned and I do I do let that affect my my mood and that's not necessarily a good thing it's so <clears throat> I don't measure my personal success off of my salary but I but I do allow our company's sales and success to um to affect my my mood and do you have that at all I don't care about the daily sales personally. Um, I kind of look month to month and it's a bummer when stuff doesn't do what you want it to do, but I don't know. I guess I'm looking so right now I'm looking so far forward, trying to focus there that I haven't been honestly kind of to a fault, not been paying attention as much to like the revenue and the, I am because every week we have meetings about it, but at the same time, it's not really a driving. uh, It's not something that I obsess over. I would say I used to, I used to even last year, especially last year, last year was weird. Um, You know, just like, Holy cow, is this going to stop? Is this going to go down? Is this whatever? Um, 
I guess what I measure the business based off on is things that are hard to measure, which is like the impact and the projection. And a lot of that for me is, yes, I want to see X amount of revenue and I want to scale it to Y amount of revenue. But I also see that if we do certain things, the impact that we will provide and you know what will happen from that will result in the Y sales as well. So I don't know. I go through spells. I'm just currently in a spell where I'm not paying that close attention that I would call it like I'm obsessing over it at this moment. But yeah, and I and what I've tried to work on is when I see again, I I I, I don't let like a slow day or a couple slow days really concern me too much. It's when I see like a week. And I tried I try to not let that um affect me but uh and in my emotions and stuff but what i try to do is just is is take is take those and look for trends and then try to figure out what is a solution to this trend yeah for right so um you know so if i see a slow a slow week slow couple weeks slow month then then it's not panic about low sales it's try to figure out a solution like where are places that we can advertise who are who are people um you know who are our current people that we work with that we can ask to to share some more content with uh of of our products or reach out to new people you know so it's uh, i'm less if you just had a product that people wanted you wouldn't have to do any of that greg <laughs> I'm laughing. Yeah, I'm I'm laughing because, yeah. And like, and the cool thing is, (laughs) is, um, so we just, we just worked with Springfield Armory on, on, on something, and by work with them, I mean, we sent them a boatload of neomags to send out to their ambassadors. So Springfield last year came out with, it was last year the year before came out with a little pistol called a Hellcat, and they sent a boatload of Hellcats out to, I, I think they have like 150 or so um, ambassadors, I guess wow. is what you call them. I can't imagine managing that. No, me either. Dude, and holy cow. Um, So they sent Hellcats out to, yeah, like over a hundred people a couple years ago. Well, they just came out with a 15 round magazine for it. So they sent out this little box. And if you, if you're, if you follow in the industry, stuff at all i'm sure you've seen it over the last week or two they sent out a box with the new 15 round mag a box of ammo which i thought was pretty cool and a neo mag um and no they didn't send it out to all 150 they picked about half of the people that they sent the the hellcat out to that and i'm assuming it's the people that actually followed through and did a good job making hellcat content so we send out again like a bunch of neomags to those people and we pretty much instantly had our product in front of millions of people between like all their influencers and stuff so we saw a nice little <clears throat> nice little spike for for about 2 3 days i mean that's about what you're going to get out of a like out of a social media push um 
And what that did is it kind of it reinforced to me that people want to buy the to, to buy our products. People like it. It solves a problem. Uh, but the challenge is getting your product in front of new people. And so it, it actually isn't where I want to go. Like I want to, I want to kind of finish going through the workaholic stuff, but we can, we can kind of come back to this, but, but it really just kind of created a lot more discussion between me and Dusty about, <clears throat> about who we work with. Um, and we kind of realized that pretty much everybody that we work with as our brand ambassadors and stuff are, there's massive overlap. Like they're all people that, that train together. They're people that go to the same events. They're, it just, it's, it's not very smart on our end to have so many people with so much overlap. And one of the things that we saw with Springfield, just, just seeing the people that, that were, that were tagging us from this is man, they've got people that I never even would have thought to send product to and to work with. Like, you know, like weightlift people, they've got, um, I don't know, like the, it just, the, 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 the accounts of people that they work with were extremely diverse. And so that kind of, uh, has, has spurred a lot of discussion here. So yeah, we definitely got off track here. All right. So the next thing, um, you're distracted during your off hours. I would say yes. I'm distracted. I don't know. It depends. It, it depends. Like, is <clears throat> my wife would probably say yes, but it's often not because of the business. So I guess the way I look at off hours, and maybe this makes me a workaholic, is Monday through Friday is on hours. Like that is on. Mm-hmm. Off hours are Saturday, Sunday. Sundays I turn my brain off, and I'm pretty good about that. I don't do stuff for work. I don't. You know, I take space and I might post Instagram or something, but I don't, uh, I I don't think that that's a day to do things. Saturdays are like my Jeep day or family. So am I distracted? Eh, It depends. It's probably not because of the business. So maybe I'm a work, maybe that defines me as a workaholic, but not for just one particular thing. Right. And when I, and I'm, and I'm answering. I believe that if I asked my wife, she's down the hall, I could ask her. I'm, I'm pretty sure she would say that I am distracted in my off hours. And again, it's like I said before, just. Well, we don't ever take the feedback of our wives <laughs> as the answer, right? <laughs> that's, ju- that's a joke. Um, we should have our wives on the podcast sometime. That'd be that interesting. would be fun. And it, you know what would be really funny is if we got like listeners to ask questions that would be like business. So nothing personal, obviously, but like business related but the spouse answers right and we just have to give our feedback to the answer that would be hilarious that'd be funny we'd also so, get in a lot of trouble i think yeah, yeah I don't, i'm not sure how well that would end that would end <laughs> um it might be fun yeah so i'm answering that yes i'm distracted because i'm pretty sure that's what my wife would say and i'll answer yes too but it, yeah i was just throwing some clarification yeah, and again, like my dis- like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna excuse my distractedness by, like I said before, like that's people are on social media after work during the week, and that's 
there's a certain level of responsibility for me to be there too. All right. So next thing, check your emails frequently. I do not do that. Thankfully, I don't really have to. Um, I don't. I don't do a whole lot of super important stuff through email. Uh, actually, my my wife who works here does does customer service and dust and Dusty handles a lot of a lot of the other between my wife and Dusty they handle all the important emails. So I don't really have to deal with that too much. But I think that's where the social media thing comes in. If that was check your emails or social media frequently, then yes, I fall into that. I don't know how often I check my emails. I'm thinking about it. I do a lot, I think. But that's also because from my seat, I'm pretty much at this point, I am. I, I'm directly responsible for the sales and marketing of TA. So when it comes to big orders, big relationships, like so many people have my direct direct email and direct phone number. So pretty much every day I'm getting some sort of communications from a customer that warrants my attention. And that sounds really mean, but I also get, it's like, I have a lot of, we have quite a few inboxes for the company that kind of separate uh, emails into categories. And then we have different team members that handle it. The amount of people that email me and I'm super flattering but the amount of people emailing the info at TA Target's email about gun stuff is absurd. <laughs> it's, it's virtually unmanageable. And our team is always like, like Emily will be like, what do I do with this? Or like the other team members will be like, ah, like do, you want, do you want this? Or like the worst part about having the phone number is we get, that's how I say worse. It sounds like I'm complaining. I'm not complaining. Again, it's very flattering. It's just, stuff that takes away from my day-to-day tasks. But yeah, we get phone calls all the time where people are like, hey, can I talk to Jared about his 300 blackout build? Hey, can I talk to Jared about the 10.3 build? I got a question about installing the superlative arms piston kit. Um, so we're starting to filter that stuff more. Um, so email can be very distracting for me. Uh, but I think I check it a million times a day, I'm sure. But it's really just because like notifications are on and they pop up in the corner of my screen while I'm in the middle of doing something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'll, Joe, I'll go check that real quick. Boop, click on it. And then you're in the email, you know, the email swamp for a while. Right. Uh, you talk about work all the time. You often tune out when someone is talking to you about something that is not work-related. But when it comes to work-related conversations, you cannot stop talking. I, I definitely don't do that. I'm not. Actually, I think I do the opposite. Yeah, I, I think I, I try not to, to talk about work. about work. Yeah, I think when, when like when I'm out and about and, and somebody sees the Jeep and they want to know about my product, like I'll give them a super quick description of what what we do. But for the most part, I try to. Yeah, I really don't want to talk a whole lot about it since do you, basically always so in it. This is a strange reality for me, and I'm curious if you're the same way. People ask. So strangers or, or people that I know, people that are family, ask me how the business is going and what's going on with the business. And I don't really feel like answering. And I, I don't feel like talking about it. Like that, it's super strange to me because you'd think, oh, you're really proud of what you've done here. But I think it's because I live and breathe this every second of every day. 
And when I'm off of it, I want my brain off of it. If that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if you're like that or not. I definitely a hundred percent agree with that. And I think the other side of it is I don't know what answer to give. I don't know what kind of, what kind of quantification does the person want? You know, like what do, um, yeah, they're like, how are how's things going with the business? It's yeah, like, how's business going? Like, it's really know. bad and really great. <laughs> because I don't it, know how to answer this for you. <laughs> well, because I think it, because the real answer is at least a thirty minute answer. You know, like if if you really want to know how business is going, I can give you a real answer. Happy to give you a real answer, but it's going to take a while, and I don't think that's really what you want right now. I think I think you just want a 10,000 foot view yeah, answer on how We're business busy. is going. Yeah. Like, that, like that's, I, I hate, I hate giving that. that that's like, pretty much what I say is, you know, everything's great. We're, we're, I, I say we're staying busy. We're staying busy. Yep. So <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. And I hate that. And it, ah, yeah. So because that it might because, just be an entrepreneur be, thing. I don't know. Because the truthful answer is there's a lot of things that aren't so great either. So I can get into, things that are tough i can get into the things that are yeah that aren't going good but well and you know my favorite i kind of got callous because i had and i put this in my story the other day i've had a bunch of people in my past where like i've i've answered that question in a number number of different ways where i've just been you know kind of surfacy and been like oh things are going great and Mm. they'd be like cool you guys staying busy i'm like yeah we're staying busy and i've also gone down the path of you know, for people that were kind of closer, I'm like, Hey, things aren't that great sometimes. And this is a period of time. That's really not that great. Normally the answer I get is, well, at least you're building your own thing. I'm like, okay, you didn't really want to hear about it. Right. (laughs) At least I'm, you know, at least we're just building our own thing here, you know, not, you know, whatever. Yes. Anyway, it kind of calluses you as you kind of navigate this because it for me because it's like you just don't know how to answer that question you know most people just really aren't interested in actually knowing about it and because of that i probably seem uninterested when people ask me about the business even though if you watched social media and stuff you'd see that i am obviously passionate uh all right next thing you work during your lunch hours. Instead of taking a real break from work, you keep on desk lunching or desk lunching and working during your break hours. I definitely don't do that. I mean, I don't take a long lunch. Um, normally, our whole team sits around the table together. It's, it's, it's kind of fun. And we eat lunch together and we watch like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or The Office or something like that. Um, so it's not a long, long break. I mean, 20, 30 minutes. We'll all sit together and, and laugh at a show and eat lunch. And then we get right back to work. How about you? Uh, no, I work right through it. Do you? Yeah, I normally eat one meal a day. That's not a joke. It's it's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. So, working on it. You should watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Do you watch that? No. Or The I Office? Don't watch, I don't watch TV. Uh, disappointing. You're, L- listen to the silence, everybody, in that disappointment. Because that the silence just, there was deafening. You're just, sometimes you're just not a good millennial. I'm disappointed in you. You know what? Sometimes I feel like a Gen Z. Sometimes I feel like a millennial. Sometimes I feel like a boomer. <laughs> it, it, 
That's true. You're kind of all of them. But my personality covers the bases. All right, next one. Um, when someone asks you about your hobbies, nothing strikes your mind. Unfortunately, working at the office is not a hobby. Um, What's your... I have quite a few hobbies, actually. Yeah, same here. But... But I always try to turn those hobbies into income generation. Right. So maybe... <laughs> I'm always like, ooh, that's a cool hobby. Okay, diesel swap a Jeep. How can that make me money? Okay, I like to talk on video and review products. Cool. How can I make that make me money? Like that sounds really selfish and I, I hope it doesn't come across like that to people. But that's the entrepreneurial mindset is can you do things that you love and then have them create income? And so it, it, does that how does that answer the question? So well, I, I, I think it I, it, here's how I think I answer your question because I, I was actually going to there's like two more points here that I'm going to read. And then I was and then all right, let's go to the next two points, and then I'm going to kind of come back to that question because, um, because I kind of have an over overall thought about all of this. Okay, so um, never satisfied with your work. It is good to strive for better, but expecting everything to be perfect might sound good only on resumes. When you are a perfectionist, you're never satisfied with the work that you or your team members do. I don't think that's true for me. I mean... Like I, I always, I always want to strive for doing the best that we can, but I'm never, I'm never not satisfied with, 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 with the work that we do or the work that I do. I'm thinking. I'm always satisfied. I think with what our team puts out, I've always looked at it and been like, wow, I can't believe we're doing the things that we're doing. I think there's times where I'm like, eh, I could have done better. Sure. But that's just natural, you know, holding yourself accountable and analyzing, analyzing, (laughs) (laughs) analyzing how you're doing things. (laughs) Analyzing? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I, what I do is I'm constantly blown away by the things that we're creating. Like Ethan and I were having this conversation just the other day. It's like, when we come up with products, it's amazing. Not that we're trying to be super prideful or something, but it's like, man, we know what these products looked like from revision one and what they look like now that people see them. It's like, wow, how can we even make a product that looks like that or does that thing? Or how can we make content to that level and quality? Yeah. So I'm proud of what we do. Yeah. The last one, you roll your eyes when someone utilizes all their vacation days or weekends to spend time with their family. You never appreciate people who use their off hours for self-care. I don't, I don't think that's true either. No, that's not true. In fact, I'd, I'd have a lot more respect for someone who, because I, I see that as something that's hard for me to do. I have more respect for someone saying, hey, I need time off and I need to, need to spend time with the family. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a work hard to play hard type of, type of person. Like, if you, if you come into work and you, you crush work and you work hard, I really don't care what you do. And, and that's, and that's kind of how I run everything here is I kind of give people a guideline of vacation time to take off during the year. But I also tell them as long as you get your job done with excellence and I see you work hard when you're here, I'm not going to like, I, I'm not going to keep a, a tally of vacation uh, 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 of your vacation time off. You know, I, so for everybody wanting to work at Neomag, Greg just said you can take off as much as you want whenever you want. 
Yeah, pretty much. As long as you get it, you know, that, <laughs> but the bar to get things done, like we have a lot to do here and we have right. a lot to, and, and the bar is set high on, on what we need to do. So you're not going to be able to take eight weeks off a year, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to care if you go a couple days or even a week over kind of that, the, the amount that we kind of give. I, just, I felt like I needed to, once I started hiring more people, I've, when, when it was just me and Dusty, I, I didn't really have a, here's how many weeks you have or, or how many days that you have a year. Once I started hiring more people, I'm like, I just felt like it wasn't fair to not give some number because if you don't give any number, then a lot of people won't take any. So I felt like I needed to give a number, but then I also follow up with, but if you go over this, then again, I'm, as long as you're doing a good job and I see you're working hard, I'm, I'm not gonna, not gonna care. Now, if you're gonna take, somebody wants to take multiple weeks off in a row or something, that's gonna be a, that might be a hard no. Uh, but even then, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to work with you if, if it's something that, that that's a cool opportunity or something like that. Then, yeah, if you're a hard worker and you do a good job for me, then I want to help you out with that stuff too so that's kind of how how we do stuff here and actually when i was interviewing people for the machinist position a little while ago i would say stuff like that that their mouth would drop uh, especially because in the machinist world they are i think machinists are the most overworked jobs there are they they're just they're they're expected to work 60 70 hours even 80 hours a week with maybe a Sunday off. Like they expect your yeah, work Saturdays. It, it is insane hours. So when I tell people, no, it's a 40 hour a week job and I don't really care how much time you take off as long as we're caught up and everything. Like people were, I think that was one of the biggest thing. Like I had so many people that it pretty everybody that I had interviewed. Once I told them that they were basically begging for the job. Even though we we can't pay what the what those big companies pay, and we can't offer the same benefits that big those big companies offer, just for people to have freedom in their life and time back, uh, a lot of people were excited about that. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so I wanted to come back to the one question when somebody asks you about your hobbies, nothing strikes your mind. So this is. This is kind of the point that I was making uh, to Nate and Dusty when we were in here the other day. Just we're, we're talking about this, you know, about if I'm a workaholic or not. I said the tough thing is is for me to consider myself a workaholic because I don't see what I do as work. I see this as a hobby and it's something that I love to do. I get to work with awesome people. I get to make awesome things and go do awesome events and stuff like that. And I get paid to do it. Like I mean, Dusty were on the range with Craig Douglas a couple weeks ago. We we're getting our butt kicked and we we're getting shot with Sims, but we we're standing on the range and I me and Dusty just looked at each other and we're like, I can't believe this is our job. Like we're Yeah. And so I it just it's been easy for me to let go of some other hobbies that I used to love because I picked up a new hobby that I love. And good way to put it right and 
And there's also the next level of all this as well is I have people here that I have a great responsibility to. And I don't want to give them even a hint of that. I'm not giving them everything that I have. You know, like I have people here that this is how they're they're feeding their families and paying their mortgage and putting gas in their car and and, and stuff. Like, how do I not take that with extreme responsibility? Uh, so. When you add those two things together, just that I love to do this and I don't feel like this is work at all, and I and all of this has a level of responsibility to other people, uh, yeah, that that kind of sums up, you know, my workaholicness. If you want to, I don't know that I necessarily fall under workaholic. I think I fall under a small business owner <laughs> and their responsibilities. Yeah. yeah, for sure, that comes with it. No, I get that. 100%. Yeah. I would agree. Oh, this kind of turned into a whole podcast. We we know the stuff we're going to talk to. We're going to talk about. We didn't really even talk about. Yeah, I was going to talk about how I failed this. miserably last week as a, yeah. as a leader, but I mean, we could always talk about that next yeah, week. Yeah, let's talk about next week about how we have failed as leaders and business owners and stuff. I've shared things even recently. I might kind of reshare those things, but yeah, we should hear about. I mean, if we make the whole podcast podcast about how how much you fail, then it would be a specifically me. So this podcast <laughs> is going to be labeled "Jared fails a lot," and then how Jared sucks. What I'll do is just dive deep into the, the depression around the times I've really screwed up, and I'm I'm thinking that it'll make you guys feel better. But it'll make me feel miserable. So <laughs> I'll probably fail more right after that. And it's, it'll create a cycle. So great. Hey, is, is, as long as we get to feel better off of your failures, I think it's going to be a good thing. You know, what I contribute to the world is, is just that. I talk about the things I do badly so people can live life goodly. <laughs> I wish I could do a Trump, Trump voice because I would... <laughs> Yeah. I totally would have pulled it right there. Goodly. <laughs> We're going to do things goodly and bigly. Goodly and bigly. I think those should be words. I like it. I mean, if you look at all the Gen Z talk, you can make can... whatever you want a word. Holy yeah. cow. I'm realizing that I'm old. That's mm-hmm. what's happening. It, it's, dude, this year I turned 30. And oh my gosh. I'm shut, like, shut up. Sheesh. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate you. Anywho, well, we got stuff to do. We got places yep. to be, things to execute, and work to aholic over. So, yeah, I gotta get back to my workaholicking. Yeah, aholicking. I'm gonna aholic more today. Here we go, aholicking. Leaves of green among my shop, so. Clean, clean. <laughs> <laughs> just stop. Right. This is getting bad. I'll no, just stop there. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we right, appreciate guys. you tuning into this podcast. As always, thank you. Make sure you leave a rating and review. Definitely share this with a friend. If you had a good laugh, thank you. I guess we're happy that you got a good laugh. Happy. And don't workaholic. 
but to definitely do things goodly and bigly. Yes. All right. Awesome. See you guys next one. See ya. Bye.